comforted at this point, knowing that she's there. I do too. Like I can count on her. Yeah. She's always going to be there. Marianne, how the hell are you? Sudzy, it is good to hear your voice. I am doing well, although January has been seven years long. It um, has been seven years long, I, and your face is just a sight for sore eyes, man. I miss you. I have been sick for weeks and was actually going to hit urgent care tonight to try to get an antibiotic and uh, remember that we were due in the studio. So here I am, <laughs> health be damned. Uh, it'll have to wait for another day. January sucked for you too, huh? Oh, yeah. It's been... It's been an eternity long in yeah. one month. And I don't know if it's just that time moves slower in the winter or if this is particularly bad, but it feels like everyone has just been having a fucking week. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think this tends to happen right after the holidays. There's the big kind of letdown from uh, the holidays. And um, for me, classes kick back up again. So my schedule goes from like crazy full of, of parties and good times to crazy full of just nonstop work. And uh, things get super busy at the deli as well. And it's just kind of tough to keep up with it. Yeah. Uh, our dog's not doing too well. So that's been Aww. a little bit of a struggle too. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. It sucks that they uh, that they don't live as long as we do, but it is the price we pay. Yeah. So what's been going on with you? Like literally nothing. Oh no, I went to see. <laughs> I went to see the David Byrne show. Oh, on how was it? Yeah, it was we fucking, saw. It. I mean, it was really cool, especially like it's in a nine hundred person theater. So, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think I knew it was going to be that small. Um. And I went in and we were like, oh, we're like, we can see everything. This, this and is he, does he have like a mini residency there? Because I know that he was yes. in uh, Boston for, I think like th- two or three weeks, but we had actually seen the show twice when the, the first year that it came out. Uh, was yeah, that last year or the year before? Um, but, uh, I think it was 2018. Yeah. I think it was fucking right. awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really awesome. And yeah. John also loves Talking Heads, so Does that was he? great. Yeah, he super loves Talking Heads. Um, yeah, they're probably my favorite outside of 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 the fish from Vermont. I um, did not know the Talking Heads were from Rhode Island until. Yeah, they went to they went to RISD. They were. Yeah, uh, he told me that, and he was like, "You can't really be surprised by that." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, that checks out." Yeah, that's our claim to fame. That's that and, and coffee milk here. It's a goddamn good one. What is yeah. coffee milk? What is coffee milk, Marianne? Oh my gosh. Coffee milk is like chocolate milk, but there's coffee syrup instead of like chocolate syrup. Now you might say to yourself, well, that sounds to me like an iced coffee with milk in it, but you're wrong. <laughs> it's a coffee milk? It's a coffee milk. It is. Okay. It's, it's sweet. It's sweet like chocolate milk is, but it's uh, fucking coffee. It's amazing. Just, it's delightful. All right. I'm going to see if I can find one. Or are they like, I can't get an authentic one outside of? No, 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 no. You, sh- you got to get yourself some autocrat syrup, some autocrat coffee syrup. Uh, and then it's, it's, it's like a, yeah, it's like a syrup. And then you just mix it with your favorite milk beverage. And, uh, and you get yourself a coffee milk. And that's what we are known for here in Rhode Island. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Fascinating, huh? fascinating our yeah. contribution to society anyway <laughs> um so I, you know i know i kind of say this every week but we have a lot of shit to talk about today we do have uh, a lot of shit to i i didn't know when we put the call out how many stories we would get um 
but it's been heartening. We've gotten some really good ones, or at least that I'm aware of, because we haven't shared all of the stories with each other, which is exciting. No, this is I am really looking the first time. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And uh, you're right. I mean, I think there was a, a delay between our last uh, podcast recording slash episode and this one again because I've I just have been under the weather, which I still am. By the way, I feel like I wish I had. I've been so excited about this episode. And I've wanted to kind of hold off until I was, you know, at my 100%, which I'm, I'm still not. So uh, through kind of a stuffy nose and uh, this hot toddy, I'm going to try to get where I need to be mm-hmm. to make this the best episode ever. But me aside, the content that we have for tonight is just stellar. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Oh, and and no, I, I just this is a random shout out to any listeners. Um, we did get some unsolicited stub down jokes. Uh, and I would encourage people to send those anytime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, let's hear those jokes, Marianne. You got them? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I can get <laughs> Guys, we love fan mail. We don't get a lot of it. <laughs> so... <laughs> We're getting more of it. The volume is increasing. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we got um, we got a fan mail that included stub down jokes. Here's just a sample. This I think this one was my favorite. But uh, what is it called when you invite your 80 year old grandmother down to your seats? <laughs> what a bub down. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so cute. It's a good one. <laughs> that's it's a good, a good one. one for sure. That's a good one. Uh, so, so just so we're we we all are on the same page here. If you remember from our last episode, tonight's topic, since we've already ranted and raved about how excited we are, is about the craziest things that you have seen at a show, aside from what's happening on the stage. So at a show, on the lot, during your, your night out at Fish, what's the craziest thing that you've ever seen? And I've seen some, some crazy things. I am not the only one. No, I knew we would get good stories, but even in the small sample size of the stories we've gotten, there is some shit that had my jaw on the floor. <laughs> I, know. I know. And the best part about tonight, uh, listeners, is that Marianne and I, again, as she mentioned, we don't know all the stories. Marianne kind of fielded half of the incoming stories that were received. I fielded the other half. So what you're hearing is going to be a surprise, at least to one of us, as we're telling these stories tonight. I've got a few good ones of my own, Marianne. I know you have a few good ones of your own as well to share. Yeah. Do you want to kick it off with one of your own? I will. I will. Yeah, that's. I'm happy to do so. Um, let's see, let me, let me check out my notes here. I had to write all this stuff down. I've kind of been taking notes as, as these memories pop up over the last couple of weeks. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to, I tend to do this if it's something I need to remember. So, uh, I, I am, as you know about me, I have just a terrible, terrible memory, but there are certain things that will just forever live on in my mind uh, <laughs> that I've just played them over and over again. The first one now, I tried to get corroboration for this from my sister, and she did not remember it. So one of our hopes with some of these stories is that we will tell the story and somebody out there somewhere will say, I was at that show. I was there. I remember that guy. I saw this thing happen. Oh my God. I thought I was the only one, but I'm absolutely not. Now, one of the things I posted on Facebook was a memory from a show where some spun out look after 
the show on the lot had one of those big cones, like traffic cones, <laughs> stuck on his head. But I mean, it was it, it was stuck. It was not stuck, not just on his head like a hat, because it was a big one. It was one of the big industrial sized ones. This thing was stuck on his head down to his shoulders. Holy shit! And he was just kind of stumbling around, kind of bouncing into things and, and that would off be of terrifying. things. Terrifying! And he couldn't get the thing off of his head. And so, <laughs> what is everybody around him doing, including me? Because I still have the picture. We're just. <laughs> <laughs> taking pictures like hey nice job bro (laughs) so wherever that guy is i hope i hope this has to be going back about 15 years but i hope your people found you i hope you got that cone off your head uh but that was a good one but that actually is not the story i was going to tell that what if he's listening to this from inside that's what i'm saying give us a call if there's some way that obviously you can't call us because you got a cone stuck on your head but brother if you can send us a text Maybe you have some type of Braille text phone, uh, an audio, te- an audio text phone. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be a phone? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that guy should reach out to us and just let us know that he made it out of that cone. Okay, I won't be able to sleep tonight until I know. <laughs> but no, uh, so okay, Big Cypress. So picture it, Big Cypress. It is what was it? Did Decent when did that show start? Was it the 28th, 29th? 30th, 31st? Shit, I can't even remember. But we're in line on Alligator Alley to get to Big Cypress. And we're in traffic, you know, pretty normal for getting into any type of festival. We're in traffic and basically we're moving slowly enough that you can shut the car off for, you know, 20 minutes and then traffic moves a little bit and you can hop in and turn your turn your ride back on. Now, I uh, was driving down in an RV with uh, my sister and I think a boyfriend of hers at the time and some other people that uh, I did not know very well who were selling t-shirts, let's say, out of the RV. So we had a lot of people coming, going out of that RV at the time. This is the statute of limitations on selling t-shirts, by the way, has long since expired. It's been 20 years, so I feel like I can tell this story. But <laughs> one of the people who comes in to buy a t-shirt is <laughs> this kid. And he's just a completely normal looking kid, maybe in his early 20s, mm-hmm. except that everything between his toe and his mid-calf is about the size of a basketball and completely black and blue and oh bleeding. What the fuck? What the fuck is right? And so he comes in to buy a t-shirt And he tells us the story of how he was skateboarding and somehow a truck ran over his foot. Somehow in the slow moving traffic, he managed to get his leg wedged under a truck, which then ran over it. And he was really upset because he was worried that he might not be able to dance that night. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. (laughs) He's like, if I can't dance this weekend, I'm going to be so pissed off. And I'm like, can't dance. (laughs) You have a compound fracture, dude. Compound fracture. You're going to be lucky if you can save that leg, buddy. Like, what are you doing? Like, take this t-shirt, get back on that. fish makes people so stupid. (laughs) Go to the nearest medical tent and see if you can save this thing before they have to amputate because that shit does not look good. Uh, Like... (laughs) 
holy shit. <laughs> I was like, dude, you are going to lose that leg. You are going to have that thing oh amputated from the, don't worry about whether or not you can dance or like, what's he going to do? Hobble around on it for four days. And then on the fifth day, I, like, I don't know. I'm, 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 I really want to know what happened to this guy, what he wound up doing with the leg, if he still has it. Uh, and I think he, he still it, has it. it. And then years later, he got his head stuck in a cone. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> too many, too this many guy. t-shirts, man. <laughs> too many t-shirts. <laughs> there were actually quite a number of Big Cypress stories. Um, I think I will save my favorite one for last. <laughs> but um, I will piggyback on yours. Uh, um, so this one's from actually Ivy Eisenhower, who was a guest earlier. Oh uh, uh, yeah, animal expert Ivy Ivy Eisenhower. Oh, there's exactly. That in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she said uh, at Big Cypress for one set they had these big ice installations that just kind of appeared on the playing field. Oh, I remember. One of them was a huge uh, recreation of a Mayan pyramid. Mm -hmm. So this man Wook has his teeny tiny baby and he decides to <laughs> climb the pyramid with his fucking teeny tiny baby. He gets to the top of the pyramid and then he drops his teeny tiny baby. Like the baby went ass over teacup down this ice pyramid, bouncing the whole way down. Are we uh, sure that it was a real baby? And the only reason I ask this is because somebody recently <laughs> posted a few pictures of um, like a baby or a young child passed out face down at a show with like a balloon in his hand and come to find out it was, <laughs> it was some wooks who just like got their hand on like a little baby doll and like dressed it up and would leave it there face down in the mud to see if they could get a reaction out of people. <laughs> Ivy, Which, by the way, are my kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she Next was sure this was this me. was a legit baby. According to her, she said it was horrifying, and there was a collective gasp and then silence. And the wook slid down the pyramid, collected his baby, and hobbled off. <laughs> <laughs> this is a comedy podcast, people. So <laughs> let's just laugh and pretend that's really funny. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to imagine that it was just a fake baby, and this was all done for the the pure entertainment of and of said baby dropper. I'm I'm in on that. Or that that baby continued to love fish, and years later. Got his head stuck in a cone. <laughs> <laughs> the timeline for that is slightly off, but yeah. <laughs> maybe he purposefully put the cone on to avoid head injuries at future fish shows. That's true. That's true. Maybe that's just like his hat. <laughs> right. Safety first. Safety first, motherfuckers. Um, Safety first. And then another quick Cypress story from... Kristen from British Columbia said that her partner bugged out in the middle of the midnight set uh, that fish had added a wall to the venue and it had all been employed to lure everyone to the Everglades like the Pied Piper to destroy us all. He then tried to escape, uh, but she chased him and was only successful in stopping him when they came across people fucking in the quote unquote mud 
by the porta potties, and he was so oh. grossed out that he decided to go back to their friends. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can scare you straight like two hippies fucking in the at a festival. So so true. <laughs> yeah, I have. It doesn't surprise me that a lot of these stories come from Big Cypress because Big Cypress was just insane. I know. Should, it was. I it was, was insane. Sadly. I, I mean, was, and I will actually say one of my own, uh, because it wouldn't be fair for me to make fun of all these other uh, messed up wooks with their broken legs and their broken babies and their, uh, <laughs> you know, trash fucking or whatever without mm -hmm. coming clean a little bit of, of some of the, the stuff that I, I pulled um, at that event. And one of the things was that it was uh, the first and only time I've, I've taken acid. Okay. And... Uh, it, it's it's just it's too much of a commitment for me it's a it's a it's a long strange trip and it's just a little bit too wait much is that true handle. yeah okay yeah. i thought that was a joke which is why i laughed no <laughs> <laughs> no but i appreciate i appreciate your uh your 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 thoughts on, on my uh my lifestyle but no, so, okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> so it was right before uh, the evening set on the 31st, and, or maybe it was right before the afternoon set. I don't really remember. It all kind of melted together, uh, literally, visually melted together. But uh, they, I, there were little gel tabs, and they were just so small. So I took two, which was oh, not no. smart. And they, it had started to come on like, well, first of all, it started to come on when I went to the porta potty and the porta potty turned to shit and started melting around me. So that was pretty much my first experience with uh, hallucinating that hard. So now we're walking like from the area where all the tents are and we're going into the concert area. And the concert area, um, as you know, much like most other festivals that Fish has had, it's really just sectioned off by those little gates right by like the little like three foot high portable um, gates that they set up to kind of keep everybody in one concert area mm -hmm. and this is obviously the Everglades so there's no police presence um, what there were were you know yellow shirts there were staff members and you know their shirts said staff on them and that's pretty much all they did was there to just make sure uh, nobody got hurt and a little bit of crowd control and keep some order to otherwise complete chaos mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, I mean, the sky starts melting, uh, you know, smelling sounds and like the whole, whole thing happened really, really quickly. And I was with my uh, boyfriend at the time who was a piece of shit. I'll just throw that in there because he was. But at the time we were, we were, that it came on, we were walking into the concert area. So I see that we have to go through a little opening in the fence. And on either side of this little opening are two yellow shirts. And now they're not doing anything. They're literally just there to make sure that people don't walk into the gate, that they walk through this opening instead. Mm -hmm. And in my pocket, I have a bowl and I have a pretty decent sized bag of weed, pretty big bag of weed, right? And I'm looking and I'm like, oh my God, like this is security. Like we're going through security. Like my mind seemed to mix up what was happening with like going through airport security. Yeah. And oh, no. I started to kind of panic. Now we're not like in a group of people. We are by ourselves approaching this entrance. I guess everybody else was already inside or behind us or whatever, but there's no crowd around me to blend into. It's like just the two of us. And so I start kind of hanging back a little bit 
because I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm kind of like freaking out, like, oh my God, they're going to search me. They're going to search my bag. And then the other half of my brain is like, no, stupid. These are literally just like crowd control people who are making minimum wage and are just here to make sure fucked up people like you don't walk directly into the fence. Correct. So in my head, I'm just like, just walk right through and whatever you do, don't pull your weed out of your pocket. Just be walk cool, right honey through. bunny. <laughs> well, be cool, honey bunny. Just walk through. Whatever you do, don't pull your weed out of your pocket. Don't pull your weed out of your pocket. Oh so I God. go to walk through and I'm like two feet away from these guys. And this voice in my head goes, pull everything out of your pockets, pull everything out of your pockets, pull everything out of your pockets, pull everything out of your pockets. So I stop and like I jam my hands in my pockets and I pull out this giant bag of weed and I pull out my bowl and I turn around and I like present them to the security guard. And so the two of them kind of start laughing and I'm like, this is good. This is good. Like they're like, I think I can, I think. All I have to do is not get arrested. And one of them goes like, oh, is that for me? And like, I couldn't talk. So I just kind of nodded. I was like, yes. And in my head, I was like, Wait. He's, he's going for it. Like, if you just give him this weed, he won't arrest you. Like, just give it to him and he won't arrest you. So I nodded. And, he, and like, the two guys kind of look at each other. And one of them says to the other one, like, is this, is this some kind of sting operation or something? And I shook my head and I was like, no. And in my mind, I'm like, he's going for it. He's oh, going for it. my <laughs> And he was like, oh my God, thank you so much. So he takes the weed and he gives me a big hug. And I walk through there like, whoosh. I totally owned that situation. I just, I cannot believe I just talked my way out of that one. And we get through. And the guy I was with goes, did you just give him all our weed? And I was like, you have no, like, yeah. Don't worry about it. I took care of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is why you don't do drugs. <laughs> that is so spectacular. <laughs> Just imagining you like, don't worry, I took care of it. Oh, my God. I've never been so proud of myself in my That's life. <laughs> so spectacular. And at what point did you realize, like, what had actually transpired uh probably the next day when shithead <laughs> boyfriend who couldn't let shit go was like do you remember yesterday when you gave all our weed away like we didn't have a friggin you know qp of it back in the with our t-shirts in the rv like come on get out of here you know what i mean like it was yeah. also mid-grade shit like come on it wasn't even like it was kind but the children back in our day <laughs> there wasn't just regular weed there were three types of weed there was swag there were middies and there was kind bud and this is just middies. It wasn't, you know, it was whatever. It was fine. That's hilarious. Although I did, there was a weed shortage at Big Cypress, I hear. That's yeah. right. There was. Well, not in our, not in our RV. There wasn't. But. Um, should I, should I share the, uh, the winning Big Cypress story? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this yes. is. Now this one I, I did hear because Marianne had to uh, call me. And actually tell me about it prior to us meeting up today. So I, I am aware of this one, but I can't wait for you to tell it to our listeners. Of So there were many stories that painted a very evocative picture in the mind. But this one has stuck with me. So <laughs> listeners, I hope it does the same for you. Um, so our, this is from a friend of ours, uh, Erica from... The Northeast. <laughs> uh, so it was set break of Big Cypress, and her crew was sitting on the ground just hanging out. And a naked guy starts going around 
and bothering people. And he was bothering the group sitting right next to them. He picked up a notebook of theirs where presumably they were keeping the set list of this, you know, legendary long show. And they said, hey, man, what are you doing with our notebook? And the naked fucked up guy said, trying to shove it up my ass. What does it look like I'm doing? And then he bent over and proceeded to shove the notebook (laughs) up his ass. All right. I have questions. I have questions. Let's just digest that. And she said, it's one thing I will never be able to unsee. I was tripping balls too, which made it that much worse. (laughs) Um, I let's talk about the size of this notebook or alternatively, we could talk about the size of this man's asshole. You know, (laughs) because I've been picturing like the tiny palm sized notebook, but that is a very good point. That is the picture my own mind painted because I can't fathom anything bigger. What about like a, like, like a composition uh, notebook with cardboard cover and back cover? Like, did we ever think of that? No. I I need some additional detail here. Yeah, we'd have to ask her for like what kind of dimensions we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we might have to do that. I feel like that's important. This guy gives naked people a bad name. Let's just come out and say that. Number one, you get to the yes, you get to the point in the story where he says, "Trying to shove it up my ass." What does it look like I'm doing? And you think that's like someone being snarky. What does it look like I'm doing? Like because they don't want to tell you what they're doing. But then, like, that's literally what he proceeded to do. Well, maybe he was just asking, like, can you guys from where you're sitting tell what I'm doing? (laughs) Do you think he had paper cuts the next day? (laughs) Oof. Oof. Anal paper cuts. That's a great band name. Anal paper cuts. (laughs) If I had a band, we would be called Armpit Titties. And I think that anal paper cuts could open for us. I think I think they're a natural pairing. I just can't. But like, and what else? What if somebody like had? What if someone was like a poet and they had been writing poems in this notebook? I bet um, they were pretty shitty poems. I will say there also was a theme. Hey, buddy, your work stinks. I'm air clapping for you right now. (laughs) I can see. (laughs) It's so good. I just, um, I mean, I mean, what else did he shove up his ass that night? I don't know. And when did he discover it there? Was this like a weird scavenger hunt that he and his friends were doing? Well, he clearly didn't have any pockets. I mean, what is the anus other than nature's pocket? Maybe he had the same situation as you going through the fence and instead of just taking things out of his pockets, stripped entirely bare. I don't know. I don't know. This story also speaks to another. So there were a lot of big cypress stories. There were also a lot of people getting naked stories. Hmm. Um, Like there, I really think we could do an entire episode on people having sex and also dudes just whipping their dicks out. Um, Cause there were several of those. I'm not going to share I, I most don't of understand them. this. I, I know. I'm not going to share most of them. How often do you have, do you hear like a, a woman whipping her vagina out story? Or even like boobs. Like that would be the 
that would be an easier comparison just because they're external, right? So like, but literally never. It, no one's ever just like, I got real fucked up, so we just started slapping my titties around. <laughs> People might want to see it. Like, it's not. Just stop whipping your dicks out, please. Just, I don't understand why. Like, I remember getting to college and having this reflection on why do men feel the need to draw, like, drunk guys draw penises on everything, whether it's on someone <laughs> sleeping, well, whether it's on walls. They were just drawn everywhere, like, it's fucking Pompeii and you're using them as directional things like get to a brothel, but you're not. You just are drawing them everywhere. In all fairness, there is nothing as fun as drawing a dick somewhere. They're just, they're so stupid looking. Two <laughs> <laughs> hairy balls and the same with like a mushroom looking tip on it. Like dicks are fucking funny looking. I'm sorry. Dicks are hilarious. They, I, yeah, I still am a no. Did you watch American Vandal? I love that. Okay. (laughs) I was like, you have to, if you haven't, you need to. So I am going to avoid most of the sex and dude whip their dicks out stories because there are so many, but this one, it's just a very brief one. And I just want to know, I have a lot of questions, but so this is from uh, Jeanette who lives south of the Meats and Dicks and Lime. Mm. and she said we saw a guy in charlotte in 2004 beating his dick on the ground and yelling (laughs) make me sober make me sober (laughs) i wonder if it worked (laughs) if you're out there and you were in charlotte in 2004 or sometime around then beating your dick on the ground requesting please tell us give us a call tell us how it's going 777-8392 let us know how your sobriety is going (laughs) number one uh let us know if your dick ever recovered from that (laughs) that whipping you gave it jesus (laughs) oh man well here's to the dick beaters of the world I guess it really does change the the meaning of the term uh, beat your meat, huh? (laughs) It sounds aggressive. Uh, Let's say uh, Linda from Minnesota uh, says Mm -hmm. uh, on the way out of uh, Polaris 2000, I can't remember which night, there was a man standing outside on the road. We passed him as we were leaving. He was fully dressed up as the white version of Jesus. He was holding a full-sized cross and a sign that said, Jim Morrison is burning in hell. You could be next. And was glaring at everyone as they drove away. So let's say that there's, there's one of two ways that this gentleman got here, right? Number one is acid. Number two, which (laughs) then begs the question, where did you get that giant cross? Uh, Is it just something you carry around in your car in case you tweak out? Um, and need to dress up like Jesus, hold it, and scold people? Or was this like a Westboro Baptist Church motherfucker who somehow found himself at a fish show and happened to have his emergency shaming kit with him, busted it out, and stood there and did the Lord's work? What year was this? 2000. Okay, I was going to say, there was a recent thing in Philly, not that 
I guess he's been gone probably for like two years now, but there was a good Jesus. There was a guy that we called Philly Jesus. He would dress up like Jesus. He carried a cross that he put wheels on the bottom so he could drag it around. Wheels on the cross go round. (laughs) Um, And like Um, he got into some legal trouble here and there. He's an innovative thinker though. He's like, I'm not carrying this cross. Do I look like Jesus to you? But we all called him Philly Jesus because, I mean, that was his whole shtick. He would, like, dress up like Jesus and people would take photos with him. It was really weird. And I was like, oh, maybe that, maybe that, maybe there's, like, a fish Philly Jesus crossover. But I don't think he was well, around maybe he's a traveling Jesus. Maybe he likes to move around. I think he, he was. Uh, the grass grow under his wheels. Philly Jesus was too young to have been there in 2000 and dressed oh. as, I mean, I don't, she doesn't give an age on this Jesus, but um, I don't. I assume he was not like a super young Jesus though. I feel like that would be more unusual to see like a 12 year old Jesus. Yeah. I feel like if it was a child or like a teenager dressed like Jesus, that would have been noted. I've seen naked people. I've seen all sorts of weird shit. I don't think I've seen a naked person in a show. Although I will tell you this, I am not an observant individual. Terrible memory, not observant. I might as well just not even exist. (laughs) Because I have no idea what's going on around me at any given time, nor I do remember what happened previously. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a naked guy at a show. If I have, it hasn't, uh, hasn't stuck with me Yeah. Um, all this time. I'll, I'll tell you one thing I did see that was really comical more than uh, anything else, but it was at Boardwalk Hall for one of the Halloween shows. Mm-hmm. there. So I was in line trying to get in and really, it, this was my last ditch effort to try to get a ticket, which I think I wound up getting. I don't even remember. But <laughs> tickets were super, super scarce. And so I kind of, you know, had my, my finger in the air and I was in the crowd that was moving like cattle kind of towards the, the doors to get into Boardwalk Hall. <laughs> in front of me was a big guy not like a huge guy, but a big enough guy. And he was wearing a cape and people had costumes on, I guess it makes sense because it was Halloween. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing was not that this man had a cape on. It was that under the cape, he had a person. <laughs> what? This big guy and he had on a cape and behind him was clearly a tiny girl <laughs> who was basically... <laughs> making herself as flat on his back as possible underneath the cape. And all you could see were her two little legs coming out underneath. And it was obvious that they were going to go for it and they were going to try to make it through security with an extra human being smuggled in underneath this guy's cape. And I was like, man, I don't think it's going to work, but good for you guys. Good for you. You're really trying it and going for it. So this is actually, I would love to hear from this person. If you are out there and for whatever reason you are listening to this podcast, please, by all means, tell us, did you get into that show? Um, It was, uh, if so, uh, one of the greatest tricks the devil ever pulled. uh, And and we want to know about it. So, uh, heylotjustice at gmail.com or if you really want to remember it heylotjustice at gmail.com Ding. it's so pleasant let us know we really want to know if you made it to that show that's amazing that is amazing uh fish fans are nothing if not resourceful yeah it's true it is very true what else do you got okay i have one more story 
submitted by Caitlin from Texas. She said one of her friends jumped through a plate glass window at Hampton 99 oh, because my. he was chasing sound waves. Oh. And he oh. ended up with a bunch of stitches in his scrotum. <gasps> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, it's tough because I actually, there are the stories that are like, oh, my God, so-and-so did this and it was so stupid and they almost got hurt and it's hilarious. And then there's so-and-so did this and it was stupid and they got really hurt. And then that's just such a bummer. I know. I know. Um, so that is, that. those are my stories. I hear uh, we also got someone sent us a voice memo story that I actually haven't listened to yet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, you have it. Yeah. And, and by the way, listeners out there, feel free to do exactly this, the, the, the wonderful power of communication. Uh, obviously, as you've probably figured out by now, we have no working phone number, nor do we want one. Uh, however, we will keep giving it to you <laughs> in the hopes that you call. Uh, but shoot us an email and feel free to pair that with a little voice memo because we love to have these. We love to get these from fans and we like to put other people's voices on um, th this podcast rather than just our own, which I think can get a little bit monotonous sometimes. Not that I don't love your voice, Marianne. Uh, I do. It's probably one of my favorite voices in the world, but it's always nice to mix things up a bit. So on that tip, let's go to, uh, let's, let's, let's see what our listener uh, sent us and about his crazy story. Yeah, I'm excited. I wanted to submit a story for you guys' most crazy shit we ever seen in a lot. Uh, so here's my story. <clears throat> it's Great Woods, 2004, night two. I was a young 17-year-old, all excited uh, to go on tour with his favorite band. Uh, of course, they're breaking up, so I decided I'm going to do all them last bunch of shows. I was all excited. It was like my uh, little mini fish tour, which at that time, a 17-year-old at my fifth and sixth show or whatever, I thought it was like this massive accomplishment to have done five or six shows or whatever in a row leading up from, you know, from Hampton to Coventry. But anyway, so Hamp, uh, it's uh, Great Woods, night two. We're standing, like, right at the entrance of the venue, kind of just adjacent to Lot, and just drinking beer, shooting the shit, looking over Shakedown. And we look out, and we see this guy, and this guy's, like, pushing his way through the crowd. You know, it's really tightly packed right there on Shakedown. And uh, this guy's pushing his way through the crowd and looking back and pushing his way. And he's kind of moving. I mean, he's, he's humping along. And as the crowd starts kind of opening up and getting more sparse, he goes into like full-on sprint mode. And he's coming straight for us. I mean, straight at us, full-on sprint. And we're thinking, what the fuck? And I mean, there's no one chasing the guy. Uh, he's looking back. He's real concerned. But there's no one chasing him. And we're thinking, fuck, are we going to move? Should we move? Is this guy going to run us down? It, it, you know, what's going to happen here? And so we just kind of stay put, you know, kind of frozen. And he runs right past us. As the guy brushes past my buddy, uh, he feels something, you know, something hits him like square in the center of the back. And uh, so we're just watching him as the guy takes off. And my buddy Ryan, he bends down, picks up off the ground. He finds a full vial of sweet breath. And we're all just like, whoa, like, did you really just find that, man? Like, is that serious? That just happened? So, of course, anyone uh, who is 
knows about sweet breath in fish law, it's not really your standard sweet breath. But we're still kind of just blown away. So, you know, we got to do some some investigating and, you know, test this sweet breath to make sure that it is indeed what we think it is. Puddles all around and, you know, just, uh, you know, investigative, you know, purposes. I head into the show. Me and my buddies head into the show. My buddy Ryan does not have tickets, but he does have the vial. So we leave him. You know, maybe he can do a trade, something like that. You know, a uh, little little sparsel for for a ticket, something like that. My mind gets just uh, totally exploded by that second set. Tweezer in there, waves. We get out of the show. Mind's officially blown. We're trying to get a hold of Ryan. We never even see him. We don't know if he made it into the show. We're not sure what happened to him. We're calling him up, calling him up. This is 2004. You know, you can't just drop a pin and say, hey, you know, text out your location. Hey, meet me by the, a tree or meet me at the end of row five or whatever. You know, so we're calling him. It's body service or whatever after the show. So every time I call him, I get a hold of him finally. I get a hold of him and I'm like, yo, Ryan, where are you at? And he says, hey, man, uh, I'm by the moose. The moose. I'm by the moose. And we're just there like, what the fuck? Like, this guy's by a moose somewhere? Like, man, he must be spun. Like, uh, I imagine he didn't even make it into the show. But eventually, and pretty quickly, you know, in a couple minutes or, you know, then it gets on to be like an hour. Like, where the hell is this dude at? Every time I call him, you know, all I can get out of him is he's by the moose. So we like split up in groups, head out into the lot. And finally, someone finds him. And he's standing there face to face with a mounted police officer with the horse on the mounted police officer. And, uh, you know, he's just uh, face to face, you know, with this with this horse. Uh, the look in his eye, you know, he really did think it was a moose, that he was uh, there with a friendly moose friend. Cop was being cool about it, uh, which is kind of odd for Great Woods. I've only ever experienced pain in the ass there other than this one time. Anyway. That's my crazy shit on lot. Uh, we went on to Camden and then Coventry. And uh, I don't know. I had the time of my life. I thought Coventry was the greatest, worst time ever. I had a blast. And uh, that sweet breath definitely assisted in that. Um, so shout out to the guy that was hauling ass through uh, Great Woods Shakedown. Second night, 04. If that was your sweet breath, uh, we made good use of it. nearby with the horse was listening like the <laughs> yeah. cop would have heard him calling like, the sure horse the cop a moose. Was sitting there saying yeah. oh my god she thinks this <laughs> is a moose <laughs> he thinks this is a moose that is classic that is classic uh I like moose is so good <laughs> <laughs> and to like continue to be insistent about it too we uh um <clears throat> I was in college one time <laughs> and, uh, and this was uh this again statute of limitations this was probably 20 22 years ago and uh my friend and I took some mushrooms for the first time um and we just like walked around campus we stopped at one point and she was like okay she was like I know and it was like two o'clock in the morning and she said, I know that, you know, we're on some hallucinogens here, but is that or is that not a big white rabbit sitting on top of that dumpster? 
And I was like, that is absolutely a white rabbit sitting on top of that dumpster. And so we snuck up on this thing. Like we tiptoed like out of a freaking cartoon, like the two of us like tiptoeing so as to not startle it. Mm-hmm. Walked over to this dumpster to pet this white rabbit, which was obviously a trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I would have bet my entire college future on the fact that uh, it was a white rabbit. <laughs> um, I, I might as you- well have, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite like things you see when really fucked up stories. Do you remember the London riots that happened while I was in London? The night that the riots kicked off. So it happened on like a Friday night and it was really abrupt. Like I remember we were in a neighborhood not far from where it kicked off. We were in a pub and then like all of a sudden there was all of this stuff everywhere that was like, go home, get off the streets, da, da, da. And it was like, what the fuck's happening? So he was actually in that neighborhood where it kicked off that night, but he was in a friend's apartment. They had eaten a bunch of mushrooms and he literally walked outside to go home and everything was on fire. Oh my God. God. That's like everybody's worst nightmare. And he's like, I hopped in a cab and the cab's like, I cannot take you anywhere. Like, are you seeing this? We're not going anywhere. And he's like, so then I was like, so this is real. And the cab driver was like, oh my God, are you serious right now? And he's like, oh. I just basically begged him and was like, mate, I really just need to get home. <laughs> like you can take me the opposite direction and charge me twice as much, but like, I can't go back out there. I'm trying to remember like, our, our um, a mutual friend of ours, um, whose name I will not say on air. She actually sent us a, a funny story as well about coming across a random TV in the Dick's parking lot, like just walking <laughs> through the Dick's parking lot, and all of a sudden there was a flat screen TV there, not plugged into anything, not near anything, not touching anything. Not just on, TV. just like a random TV. Yeah, which makes you think, like, like at what point did somebody just – like they absolutely could not with that TV anymore. And I they wonder- had to take it out of their trunk or their back seat. At what point were they just like, you know what? End of the road TV. This You've is been hitching a ride in my car for long enough. And I am absolutely just leaving you here in the middle of the Dick's parking lot. I'm imagining a scenario where, you know how you have to dispose of TVs and different electronics a specific way, or at least yeah, in a Dick's parking lot. Apparently, this is it. (laughs) I'm imagining like someone's partner who doesn't like fish being like, "I told you you go to the show, but you told me that you would get rid of this TV. You said you would do it like two weeks ago. Just fucking sitting here. Yeah, just fucking sitting here. Every couple in the world has had that conversation." Can you please get rid of it before you go to this fucking concert and come home super fucked up later? Yeah. And then this person, I'm assuming in my head, it's a guy. It's a guy. Yep. You know it. (laughs) It was just like, yeah, sure. And their friend came to pick them up. He threw the TV in the back of the car and was like, it's fine. (laughs) I got this. And just put it in the parking lot and was like, there we go. That's that's probably how it happened. But again, if you are out there and you are the the abandoner of the TV, <laughs> please call us and tell us how this came to be. But anyway, a friend, mutual friend who told it's us like that story time also at another point told me 
a story. Um, she was doing a semester abroad and I know we're kind of getting off topic here, but who gives a shit? This podcast is about nothing. Yeah. Um, but she was doing a semester abroad and I want to say she was in France and she went over to her weed dealer's house and they got really high and he was like, come upstairs. I have to show you something. <laughs> this might've also been in the same conversation of things we shouldn't have done that we did and we're lucky to be alive. <laughs> but so she like goes upstairs with him and <laughs> there was a little bit of a language barrier because he spoke English, but still a little slightly broken. Mm -hmm. and so she was super, super stoned. And she like walks into his room, which is dimly lit. In, and he goes, do you see anyone? <laughs> <laughs> and what he was asking her is like are you dating anyone right right <laughs> but she's Rick Stone and thought he was asking her about ghosts he's so <laughs> yeah so she was like no so we could good. do a whole other story a whole other uh, episode about getting fucked up overseas this is we're really straying from lot justice by the way this is like <laughs> loosely associated with it's with justice fine. on the lot uh of, of, <laughs> of a fish show but i i think it's somehow relevant i don't know That's, we'll tie it all together that person has been to a fish show we are <laughs> i'm a hot mess right now i will say i am a hot <laughs> mess right now i i'm my my mind is scattered so i had a, a lot of fun tonight um talking about these fish stories there's nothing to me more exciting than a good fish story. So I have a feeling that at some point in time we'll be revisiting this topic again. Absolutely. I know that there are some good, awesome stories out there uh, above and beyond what we received. We got a lot of them and we had to pare them down quite a bit. So if you sent us your funny story and it didn't make it onto through the editing process of, of tonight's episode, don't think we didn't talk about you or that we didn't uh, get your story and, and, and enjoy it thoroughly uh we just have a little bit of a time constraint here so thanks everybody for once again joining us for tonight's episode uh marianne i freaking love you i love you too sudsy and thanks everyone all right we will catch you on the flippy flip yeah <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> what was that <laughs>